You're listening to the Living Adventures Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Ashley Milkey and Victoria Vance. Tune in for a new episode every Thursday to hear our honest conversations about topics like freedom, creativity, spirituality, luxury living, health and wellness, and above all else, building community. We have real and unfiltered conversations inspired by our search to feel connected to people who give a shit about us, support our dreams, and understand our struggles. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to navigate any moment in your life with the lens of your neurodivergent mind, with a community who gets you. Adventure on. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Living Adventures Podcast. It's your co-host here, Ashley Milky, with our other co-host, Victoria Vance. And we are always excited to be talking to you, but mostly excited because today, We are talking about something that grinds our gears, that makes us mad, that should make you mad, and that is a mother effing lie. And that is all the reasons everyone says that we can't have it all in this lifetime. Okay? Yeah. And like, there's just so many rules that are just made up just to make you feel so small and so that you look for control in different areas. And it's just truly, it's not real. It's just made up. I literally think the theme of uh, this past year of my life has been everything is made up. The rules don't matter. It's like, you know, do did you ever watch Whose Line Is It Anyway on ABC Family where that shit, that comedy sketch show? No, you didn't. What? Oh, my God. I have no idea what you're talking about. I am aging myself. It's called Whose Line Is It Anyway? And it was like. I didn't have TV growing up. So so I'm not aging myself. We're basically the same age type. Uh, Sasha would know this, so I don't feel that old, and she's your age. Yeah. But whose line it is it anyway is like an improv show, and it. But every time they did it, they would be like, "Welcome to whose line is it anyway?" Where the rules are made up, and where like where everything is made up, and the rules don't matter. Kind of like they would literally say that rules are made up. Anyway, that's just life. <laughs> the life is whose well, line is it anyway? It's funny because you know we're both watching One Piece. Uh, great show. You should definitely watch it. But it's like anytime the rules just get changed and everything, you know, it's like Luffy's like, that's not fair. That's not fair. That's not how this works and everything. And Luffy is a great um, person to work on yourself. I also do believe he is a manifestor in human design. But it's also important because, you know, in life, when things don't go our way, we're like, that's not fair. It's not working out for me. Like, why isn't that happening? But there also is so many fucking things that it's not real it's all just made up like when i understood like lawyers kind of and like the law in that sense of like it's just how you can like do it the best and whatever i was like well that's fucked up like that's just a fake system then right and so then that goes into all of our lives of like it's just all fake and made up yeah it's all made up um it's just a game the fact that chat gbt is for chat gbt4 can take contracts and find loopholes in the contracts for you to better your case it's all made up mm-hmm. it's all made up i love that you brought that lawyer example that's so funny and so it's like in life when things aren't working out and it's like why does it have to be this way it's like okay what way can you think of in a different way where it does work out for you or why is everything against you right now and is it really against you or are you made to believe that it's against you oh my gosh wait i was thinking this morning about this Because, you know, I was thinking a lot about how last week we talked about identities and the identities we form because of the stories that we tell ourselves, you know, I'm the responsible one, I'm the hardworking one. And I was even thinking this morning that that I was like, I don't want to be the girl that 
spends money on the things she likes and just doesn't have money. I want to be the girl that just gets money out of nowhere. Like that's the identity I want. So it's like, why can't you have that identity? If you're ever in a spot where you're thinking like, oh, I hate this. This is not fair. The first thing I ask myself is whose story is this? And then I ask myself, what do I want my story to be? Because if I don't want to play by those rules, who told me those rules? Was it my family? Was it my great grandparents who had to escape Russia? I lost everything. Like a lot of shit is their story that passed down to my parents and me and yada yada. And it's like, okay, well, that's not my story anymore. And you talk about breaking generational curses. Like it's that it's it's saying who that's their story. I don't want it. So what are the rules for me? What's my story moving forward? What do I want to believe in? You know how we always say to like ask the question why so many times it's like be that annoying kid that never shuts up and just always keeps asking why because it gets to a point where then you're trying to explain it to them and you're like just shut up because it doesn't make sense and you know that but you don't know how to what you can't really say that to like a six-year-old kid asking why a million times but it's also that it's you get frustrated because now you're getting confronted with your own identity on how it's all made up (laughs) literally that makes me think of whenever i was in like middle no high school because i didn't have a phone in middle school my mom would get so mad when i wouldn't close the shower curtain right she would get so mad at me she always wanted the shower curtain closed and she was like if you don't close the shower curtain i'm gonna take your phone away and i was like why And she's like, because we need to keep the shower curtains closed. And I was like, why? And I kept asking her why. And she didn't, she couldn't verbalize why. I'm sure in her head, she's like, you know, if you close it, it's going to get moldy. You want to keep it open. Also, probably though, it's like, it looks good. It looks good in that place. And then if she told me that, I'd be like, well, why do you want it to look good? And like all of those things. And you're right. Like at some point you would have to question your identity and be like, do I want my home to look good because it makes me feel good? Or do I want my home to look good because I'm trying to prove something? And I'm sure it didn't go that deep for her. It was probably just she didn't want mold. But yeah, be that annoying kid. Yeah. Be that annoying kid all the time. Like, stop trying to grow up. There's a reason why the Four Pebbles Meditation, the first one is freshness. And it's about kind of kids or plants or the sun and air changing and spring. Happy spring, everybody. Happy spring. It's like the second day of spring while we're recording this, but keep asking questions because if you don't ask questions, then you're never going to learn vibes and you're never going to change yourself. And then you're just going to be stuck and then you're just going to be annoyed and then you're just going to be bored. And that's probably where a lot of you are sitting, right? Because that's what it was where we were last year before we started asking why about everything and i think what's cool about today's episode is we will be asking why a lot specifically why around why they say you can't have it all and this shows up a lot of ways especially in life and business i mean i'm sure you think the first thing i thought of when we first brought up this topic is how they tell women that you can't have it all you can't have the career and the dream husband and the family and the vacations and the friends like It's almost like they're saying you have to pick a couple and that's all you get. Either you get the career or you get the family. You get the career or you get the husband. And it's not just like social media or movies that have told us this our whole lives. It's literally people in corporations who are secretly judging women who have families and need to take off early to go pick up their kids from daycare and then they don't get a promotion. Like these are very real stories that we've all heard throughout our lives being told to us that we don't get to have it all and do all the things that we want. And we're going to tell you the five reasons why. A really great show. I, I don't watch it anymore, but I watched like the first two or three seasons was Working Moms on Netflix. And it's like I moms in Canada. I loved that. One of the seasons, one of the mothers who's in marketing is she had to literally choose her son 
or her job that she'd worked so hard for all of her life for anything and she can't have both she can't have family time and her job that she's worked her whole life for yeah you have to choose and then she chose her son over it because she was like why am i choosing this career and then went on this journey that i don't really remember but we are literally sold inside of media inside of our entire lives growing up like you have to choose you're either gonna be liked by everyone or you're not or you're going to get the job or have no friends and there is no yes and and there is no you get to have many things at once and it's like they're telling you that you have to have one identity you cannot because we just can't fathom that people could be more than one thing you can't be a mom and a ceo you can't be a good friend and a good wife you can't be like all of these things like you can't be both and there's reasons why this is set up and there's reasons why we believe that and that's what we're going to break down today the five reasons why we've been told we can't have it all and then we're going to debunk them because obviously we believe that you can have anything and everything that you want in this lifetime and it's not going to look like the systems and the structures and the way of the past it's going to look like your way and we're going to give you motivation by the end of this episode to go create whatever effing life you want after we debunk all this bullshit and also know that like you get to choose what you want in your life and you get to choose how it looks for and so you can have it all and it can look so different for everyone and that's okay. That's what we want. We don't all want to look identical. We don't want to all be NPCs, non-playable characters. We <laughs> want to have the ability to be different. And so be proud of that. Be okay with that. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay, so the first thing that really sets us up to believe we can't have it all is dun dun dun, dun the patriarchy, ladies and gentlemen. Introducing the patriarchy, the male-dominated system. First thing I want to say about the patriarchy, interesting enough, is when Victoria and I were first brainstorming about this topic, we were really also focusing on female friendships and making friends because that is a very hot topic because, you know, we it's very hard to make friends as an adult. That was always one of my biggest questions. And this has been going on so long, people shutting down female friendships, and also this happens in career. We can get into that. But all the, you know, women used to gather in circles and that's how they would teach each other and that's how they would connect and that's how they would bond and and all of those things and, and brainstorm. And in the 1400s, especially in America, men started shutting that down. They said women can't be leaders, women can't be spiritual, women can't be healers, you know, goodbye. And they really, really started like shaming women who met in circles and that's like where you hear the rise of witches and like witchcraft and they're witches they're evil yada 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 and that just continued from the 1400s to now where like where in america do we have places for women to gather and that's just like one way that the patriarchy shuts us down and from one aspect of things that we want which is friends but i thought that was so wild when we were researching that we used to have places to gather and then men were literally like mm, women are too powerful together let's like cut that out and it makes me think of like, I saw a TikTok a few weeks ago of going to learn how to make shay in, I forget the con uh, the continent, the country inside of Africa that she went to just, I think it was Ethiopia, but I could be really wrong. And she went and learned how to literally make shay. And it was from this tribe and everything that she went to and learned. She got like buckets and buckets, she took suitcases of it home. 
but it was literally a group of women in a circle teaching her how to make it and do all of the certain steps and making the stuff that she ended up taking home. And it's a group and tribe of women doing that. Yeah. There is a reason they we like to congregate. And it's like men have so many places for them to do that. And it's literally inside of the system for them to do that, to have those friends, to build that things, to go to these clubs, to have time after work, to go to these things and make those connections before they go home because they don't have to take care of the family. They don't have to do all of that. They do all of this business stuff first and then family comes second, which one, that's like not a good system and like that's not part of something necessarily I want. I don't want work to come first, but that's something that they're taught. Yeah, and it's interesting because they took like these circles that women would meet in and they made everything linear I thought that was also interesting in the research that, you know, we went from gathering, like you said, in that example where she went and she learned in a circle how to do this thing from a group of women. And now if you, and you said congregation and it immediately made me think of churches and churches you meet in a linear fashion. You're not standing in a circle. Maybe you're standing in a circle to pray, but you're meeting in rows. And they designed this very intentionally so people would look at a leader, a leader would communicate a message and everyone would consume it in a linear way. And that has become the way where it really only allows room for one person's opinion and one person's way of doing things. And that has just like really bled into our ability to expand what's possible. Defining who gets to go on that stage and do that is also so made up. And we're literally told all of these different things. And like I sent a TikTok to Ashley yesterday of somebody, and this is something we've talked about before is, uh, I made six figures in the six, first six months of my business and that's why you should trust me about what I'm about to say and like if you don't want to make money like stop listening to me and everything and I was like that that's her validation that's that's what she thinks makes her be able to talk and everything mm -hmm. and like you are able to talk like girl like I, I don't care I'm not here to shut you up I'm just here to say like that money doesn't define you and it's interesting because then like the next post I was seeing is about how like Pluto is entering Aquar or Aquarius soon and everything. And the astrology world is seeing some big turns. And it's so interesting because it's leaving Capricorn. Capricorn's so obsessed with money and going after all this and stuff, which hard. we've been seeing for the past like 15 years. And it's funny because that's what that was. And I'm seeing it and it's like, that's not where I am, but that's also not where the page is turning. And so it's so interesting to watch it knowing like people aren't going after this anymore and some people are and they always will be it will be slow transitions but it's we are still sold that that money is what tells you you're at the top and that you're the one to be listened to mm -hmm. where that's kind of about to change but it's also goes into the sense of there's actually no rules of who gets to talk there's no one who gets to speak you can anybody can yeah you well just have to do it yeah, and when I think about her, it's sad to think, because I used to think this too. I used to think I had to say, oh, you should listen to me. I've made a lot of money. I've made a lot of money. I even caught myself accidentally doing that. Yesterday, I was filming a TikTok and I was like, as someone who's made multiple six figures, like, and I just say that because for me, I know it resonates with people that like, oh, like, it's not just me that thinks that's important. Other people are also like, oh, yeah, that means they're important. But instead of saying that, like, I'm worthy of being listened to, even if I haven't made multiple six figures, I'm worthy of being listened to if I made $2. And that's the shift that's coming. But you're right. Like, that's how we have positioned it to be like, oh, you're important of talking. And it's like, um, the other thing I was going to say, 
is it's not just about like who gets to talk. It's also that we're fighting to talk, if that makes a sense. Because let's be real, the patriarchy is designed for white cis men. And I know we're going to talk a lot about women because that's mine and Victoria's experience. But do not get me wrong. Like this is not a a women experience exclusively. This is anyone who is not a white cisgendered male the patriarchy is hurting us actively and so now instead of feeling worthy of talking feeling worthy of being a leader feeling worthy of friendship we are constantly battling and fighting and trying to prove that we are worthy of talking at all levels of all people who are not those men who have just led the way and decided the world works for them okay well two things on that which is one, something that I listened to this weekend was a Margaret Atwood interview, which I did not realize how much I loved that woman until this weekend. She said something so amazing, Ooh, note, which was... Margaret Atwood is the author of The Handsmaid Tale, for anyone who doesn't oh, yeah. know, to give you more like, oh, okay, that's that woman. Yeah. was a really great interview. If you want to go listen to it, it was offline with John Favreau uh, interviewing Margaret Atwood. He asked her, he was like, you know, what is advice for younger people that you would give today? And she was like, I I actually don't like doing that. I learned from a tribe, I forget the tribe that she said, uh, that it's actually not good because young people won't listen to you. Young people will not listen to me if I'm speaking there unless they are coming to me for the advice. Yeah. And I was like, actually, maybe she's like a projector or whatever. Yeah. But it's interesting because her saying that is her being knowledgeable that age doesn't mean she's better and wiser and has all the answers she might have some answers she talked about an example of she heard these guys in the supermarket who were like this their dishwasher wasn't working and she was like oh did you change the filter and they were like what's a filter and it's like sometimes you know you just know a little bit more because you've had dishwashers and like experience but that doesn't mean you're always the wisest and what this tribe or whatever taught her is basically a young person has to come to you for advice you don't just give them advice because they will never listen to you and just because you're older doesn't mean you're wiser so you actually do you should shut up because you are still learning yeah and i was like more people need to know that but the next thing i'm gonna say is we keep saying the patriarchy but it's not even necessarily always the patriarchy it's kind of just capitalism in that sense yeah of where that's kind of what's teaching us to do this but then i mean they go hand in hand and so interchange them for what you will yeah yeah totally no that makes a lot of sense especially because you know we're fighting to be heard and we're thinking like all of these things and we're fighting to be at the top right and like there's only so much room at the top right and you can't have it all because not everyone can be at the top is what's told to us and so it brings a lot of things that we're going to talk about later in the episode, like this idea that you have to be alone or that you can't make friends at the top because you're going to be lonely, like all of these things, because we had to fight to get there. We have to be better than someone to be at the top. We have to prove how much money we're making to be worthy of being at the top. We have to be the oldest to be at the top. And it's like, that is a lie. That's not true. That's why people say you can't have it all because of all of these beliefs that we think we have to, to, to carry out or act like or have to be worthy of being heard and these are all like wounds that we have to heal if you don't feel worthy of being seen or heard that's that's a core wound that you need to work through because you it doesn't matter how much money you're making it doesn't matter how much experience you have it doesn't matter what the story is you want to tell today you are worthy of being heard simply because you are a human and you exist and you're valid for being here 
But when we say that, it goes right against the patriarchy and capitalism because, you know, saying like, oh, to get to the 1%, well, if everybody can get to the 1%, then the 1% has no value. Like, and fuck so the value. then doing that will ruin the value of who you are and value of everyone. But it's like, that's the point is it doesn't matter. That's a made up rule just to make you feel lesser. Yeah, to make you feel small and to sh- make you think that you can't have it all, that you can't that we it's like not even it's also so i part of this episode is like we can't have it all like reasons why but it's also like everyone can have it all everyone can have it all right like it's not just the select few who makes it to the top like there is a world that exists where everyone can have their needs met and be seen and be heard it's just we have these things that we're talking about today that prevent us from doing it and so the truth isn't that we can't have it all the truth is there's strong systems preventing us from believing and taking action on having it all you know it's like what does it mean to have it all right like that's kind of a general term and so can everyone be a billionaire no that's should everyone be unethical no should anyone anybody be no no I i saw a tiktok that was like it's ethical to be a millionaire, you know, and they like show they're like, it's ethical to be a millionaire. We can be millionaires. That's fine. It is not ethical to be a billionaire. And they were like, so many of these tech bros who are millionaires are like, oh, they're going to come for me, eat the rich. And they're like, when we say eat the rich, we're talking about billionaires. We're not talking about you with your little one million dollars. We don't give a fuck about your one million dollars. OK, it's not ethical to be in the one percent, but you can have your little million dollars. OK, it's fine. You know, eat the rich. We're not eating you. Relax. I mean, I guess like it depends on the type of millionaire because, right, you, there is a part where you're almost at the billionaire and everything. So it's like maybe over 100 million. Yeah. Like what's the line of how many millions? I don't know. I feel you know, like it's probably under 100 million. But I, let's say I don't have research on this, but um, how many people are ha- like, I feel like people are happy with Dolly Parton as a millionaire because she never crosses into billionaire. She a billionaire. No, no, no. She never crosses into billionaire territory because she invests and gives back to charities in her community and stuff. And uh, I wonder she still pays her workers like not that much. I think she should pay people over minimum wage. Oh, okay. I didn't know. See, I told you I don't know a lot Apparently, of Apparently, like, the bottom employees literally just make base wages. Like, some of them make, like, seven twenty-five or whatever. And it's like, okay, I think you should pay even your lowest wage, at least above minimum wage, because that's not a living wage. Yeah. Like, she should pay them at least what the minimum wage should be, like, 22 or something. Yeah, if not more. But, like, that's a, like, these are, like, finite nitpicky things, right? And so, yeah. like, in the large sense... She's better than others, right? And so, according to the internet, I have not uh, done research. You know, and like, we don't know her, right? I don't know her entire business model. I don't, I mean, that's just from reporting and whatever. So, like, what am I here to say shit? But there's a point. So, to have it all, what we kind of mean is that you can live the life that you want, right? Have the life that you want, have the family if you want, or whatever, have Have the community, have the support you want have be worthy of your life and be able to live your life and have enjoyment and fulfillment we saw a great tiktok this morning i said to ashley and she watched it and it was like why the work-life balance is fake which i said before and it's because you literally will only have like to the american standards she broke it down and everything and you only have basically a week of your year to have life. life and fulfillment which isn't enough and because we work too much where the average human should work three to four hours a day 
and we work way more than that and so that's kind of what we more need to have it all is to have that fulfillment to have that enjoyment to be able to do those things to not have to yeah you're still gonna have to make some choices and some things that you don't like that's just a part of life there's obviously not everything is great dandy and butterflies all the time and that's fine but it also doesn't mean that there's extreme suffering that has to happen and we have to put ourselves through yeah and this whole idea of work-life balance is actually work survival balance because based on the TikTok we saw the only thing that we have time for is working and surviving having our basic needs met which is so ridiculous that the systems that we live in have made us believe that you meeting your basic needs is life, is living. The fact that you need sleep and you have to eat and you have to exercise, we literally need to be social, to be happy people and successful people. Cut socialization out because they have made you believe that you have bad work-life balance if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not eating, yada, 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 right? And it's like, that's surviving. That's work surviving. There's no life because to me, life is everything that you said. It's fulfillment. It's socializing. It's living. It's purpose. It's activities that nurture you beyond just your basic fundamental needs of like sleep, eat, exercise. And it's so funny because with one being uh, having been an ADHD coach is literally almost with every single of my clients. The first thing that we're working on is getting better at meeting their basic needs. Yeah, because unless you're meeting your basic needs, which can be hard for ADHD, right? And so we have to learn ways to do that and make it easier so that you can go and then find that enjoyment in life. And so that's kind of like what most of my clients is like we worked on, like getting their basic needs net in a better way to then go get that next step. And so one, we have so much struggle with that. So many clients to me said like, I'm so tired of always having to do dishes, of always having to take care of myself and not ever getting that time, yet also feeling like none of that stuff is ever taken care of because they're told like they're doing it wrong and like that's just the problem. And that's one, never was the problem. They didn't have a better system to deal with it and better functions in ways, but they also never got that second part of like having life, having fulfillment. And so they were just stuck in a survival loop. And that's why it's learning how to actually have a life and find that spark again and enjoy life rather than just surviving that's like what that stuff is talking about yeah i even think about my sister who this week was telling me you know she just moved into her first apartment by herself and she was like i'm so tired of just taking care of myself she's like i feel like the only thing i've been doing lately is working and then taking care of myself eat cooking my meals cleaning up my house taking going to sleep taking care of my snack or my cat like all she's doing is, like you said, surviving because that's all that we have time for or that's all we've been told we have time for. And this is something that business owners have to think about, too. If you want to live a life full of fulfillment, like we've been talking about all of these episodes, you have to learn how to take care of those basic needs, but also create space for living because it is exhausting if the only thing you're doing is working and taking care of yourself, working and taking care of yourself. And like you said, Many of us are not even taking care of ourselves because it's too hard by the time that we finish exhausting our brain with all the decisions that we have to make. It's too hard after we take care of everybody else, our clients, our partners, our kids, our pets. And then we comes to us and we're like, nope, just going to go to sleep. And we need nurturing beyond sleep and food and exercise. There's so much more that we need to be happy, healthy, excited humans. And it's just like we're not set up in a space where we can access that. So we're told. 
So we're told, especially if you're a business owner, you have access to creating whatever life that you want. And if you do not have the life that you want as a business owner, I would argue it's because you have not taken the time to deconstruct the rules and decide what the rules will be for you. Yeah, because we go from the system where we are working all of that time. Most of the time, maybe you enter entrepreneurship extremely early in your life, but you're still sold all of these things, this hustle culture. And unless you destruct, deconstruct all of that inside of you, then you are not going to have any of that figured out. And we do believe, and we have to deconstruct that if you want to be able to do that and enjoy life and enjoy business, because it's like as business owners, especially starting is, we are told like, oh, you're filling all of these roles. I am customer service. I am this. I am doing all of this. And it's like, you need to understand like, that's a lot of stuff. But also, are you trying to fill too many roles? And it's like, I understand when you're first starting out, you might not have as much money or whatever, but then it comes to a certain point where you do, but then you're making up all of these tasks because now you're making up more and you have more to spend and you're not ever taking apart that first part where you actually don't have to do it all anymore and you were making up stuff then. And yeah. so then you're making up even more stuff now. Yeah, and it's like, I love that because we do make up rules when we start a business. Do you really need to do DMs to make sales and land clients? No, but we make that a rule. Do you have to do perfect content to make sales and land clients? No, but we make that a rule. Like we literally make these things up and I'll give you proof that most things are made up. I saw a post of someone who's like a very successful business owner and yesterday she posted for the first year of my business, I made six figures and I never learned marketing or sales. I just posted whatever I wanted and I was successful. Why does she get that? But other people don't because we make up rules. We literally make them up. And then like, yes, we didn't make them up. A lot of the systems that we're living in made them up, fed them to us. We believe them. But now it's time to circle back to what we said in the beginning of the episode and start asking why. Why do I think I have to work so hard? Why do I think I need to fulfill all these roles? Why do I think I have to do these things to be successful? Okay, the second thing that really is the reason why we can't have it all is mean girls. And this can be, like I said, we're talking from the women identifying experience of mean girls, but this can be mean anything. But women and like we can get into the sisterhood but women are not we said this in the beginning supportive <laughs> or not that women aren't supportive women are perceived to be not supportive women are pitted against each other women are competition like th this is the narrative that is fed to us it's not the truth but it is the narrative and so we have grown up our whole lives as women identifying people with social media and media and movies and narratives that there are mean girls and they're going to mean be mean to you and they're going to exclude you and they're going to judge you and they're going to fight you and yada 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 because there's only space for one girl at the top why because the patriarchy doesn't make room for people who aren't white men and so now anyone else who is not that is basically fighting each other to find a space up there because there's only one available there's so many great media examples of this in um new girl schmidt in marketing right like the me the girls are always fighting inside of his job to get the thing he's even fighting he's playing all the games and he's like this is so weird like it's cutthroat but like he's playing that game and thinking there is this only small rule to get to the top and everything when that's not true we were just told that to one keep us out because i mean we weren't even in there for that long we did we only got the right to work not even that long ago 
Yeah. Yeah. And we only got like our own credit cards and everything like what, 30, 40 years ago, is it? Yeah. Something really embarrassing. Or 50 years ago, something like that. And so the fact that that it's like, yeah, no, it makes sense of why we were told that and we're sold this so harshly that there isn't that much room for us at the top. There's room for all the guys. Don't worry about that. But like, there's not that much room for you. And when you get there, you're not going to be liked. Nobody's going to enjoy you and everyone's going to hate you. So you're going to have to watch your back all the time. Right. Something that Victoria and I talked about with this was the fact that how many times have you scrolled on TikTok and seen people say, I started a business and I lost all my friends? And how many of those people were women? Because it's always women on my feed talking about the minute they started a business, they lost all their friends. And why is that? It could be because their values changed. It could be because their business became their personality. It could be because that they became a perceived threat to somebody else and their friends didn't like that they were successful. It could be a lot of those things. It could even be that their friends didn't think that they were a threat and they were happy that they were successful, but that business person was projecting and they're like, oh, now they don't like me because I'm successful. And they just put that on those people, even if they didn't think that. And now that's the world that they're living in and the story they created for themselves. But, you know, you've seen this over and over again when a friend loses a lot of weight and I've seen these stories and this has happened to me and now girls are mean to them because like, what does that mean? Why is their identity changing? What does that mean about me? Um, A girl gets a promotion and they lose their friends. A girl starts a business and they lose their friends all because we are continuing this narrative of like, we can't trust each other and we feel dis-ease around each other and we don't want each other to be successful because that means maybe I can't be successful and that just makes no sense. And it's, it goes interesting because from a young age, I was taught jealousy is bad, right? But jealousy is not that a sense it's amazing because one, things are not inherently good versus bad, but it's what we kind of deal with them. And so it's, if I am jealous of said Ashley's business, if she's just starting one, it shows that like, okay, why am I jealous? Because there's something inside of that that I'm envying. I need to go look at that. But we're taught that like, it's so bad. Don't look into it. Like, that's not good. Run shame, away shame, from shame. it. Shame, shame, shame. Hide, so, hide, hide. Yeah. Exactly. Toxic positivity. We're to, you know, we can't talk about that. And it's not necessarily I should go to Ashley and be like, hey, I'm jealous of you. What the fuck? But it's like, hey, like, you know, can you tell me more about this and investigate, but also investigate within yourself, but also have friends. Maybe that's not actually to investigate as like, I'm really happy for her, but I'm like also really jealous. And it's like, I think, I guess I kind of want that or like, I'm unhappy with what I'm at. And maybe I want to get that in my own different way. But we are taught and told that those are not good things to do. And you need to just be in your dark corner and do this by yourself. And that individualism, the hyper individualism is really terrible for us in a sense is it breaks communities and it just heightens the mean girl yeah. tribe well a good example person. a good example of breaking out of that mean girl perspective and like approaching jealousy and envy in a really healthy way is remember when like we first started the podcast and this probably happened live on an episode and i think i or maybe it was after and I told you, I'm like, I am so envious that you can just do whatever you want on TikTok. Like you could adjust, you say whatever you want and post uh. whatever you want. And I don't really understand how you're able to do that. And I'm trying to work on doing that because I want to be like that. And then in the flip side, you're like, well, I'm envious that you speak so well because you seem like you always know exactly what to say and everything so put together. And it just, it's really funny because one, that was really healthy that we could both be like, hey, I think you do a really cool thing. Can you tell me about it? And I think we've done a great job over the past seven months giving each other's 
not even sometimes it's direct tips on how to be more like that trait we enjoy but also like indirectly like just being around each other being like oh oh ashley does that when she speaks i'm like oh victoria did this thing and she didn't even think about it i'm gonna try that you know and and doing that in a really healthy way of using that envy to allow us to better ourselves but also we didn't like tear each other down or make it mean anything about us it was just a healthy dynamic that allowed us to grow and we could talk about it because we weren't like gonna tear each other down a, a really great example of this is a few weeks ago i wrote something and i was like you know does this make sense is this a good story i'm trying to get better at writing and i'm trying to get better at storytelling and ashley's really good at it and she was like um no there is no emotion in here let's work on this and she helped me work on that when i've handed writing to other people before what by a teacher i was told i was a d plus writer and i would never do well and that i wouldn't be successful without her help i have literally given a paper to a friend who was an english major who's written books and everything she was like this is a rough draft that's too rough for me to read go try it again i have people literally laughed at what i wrote and everything and so it's like going to that i was taking another chance on myself scared that like i don't think that ashley would do that i'd gotten to a point where i did trust her enough but i literally wasn't even thinking that she would do that and she went right into help me instead of being mean and it's not necessarily that everyone was mean the teacher was fucking mean and I that bitch they were fun. They were, i will I think send everyone. her a book one yeah. day i no, know where is she mean. is i fucking hate that lady um but it's we can help each other and you know there's some strengths that we just inherently have and that you might not necessarily get i might just be better at that from for my life and whatever and that's basically projector like you're better at telling stories you're better at that stuff than me that's okay i'm maybe never going to get perfect i don't have to do it like ashley but ashley can help teach me tactics to get better and like she has and because we were able to have that conversation we have been able to grow together but also grow in fighting against the sisterhood wounds of instead of individually and having to go to somebody else for it or just pushing myself into a darker place and be like no and not dealing with the shadow that was being wanting to come out and wanting to get help i was we were able to do that together yeah and i think like i first of all i think everyone that you had an experience with was mean so let's just say that those people were fucking mean every single one including the friends yeah, they were um, but that just goes to show that throughout our lives, we have experiences where all these people are so mean to us when we open up or we're vulnerable or we try to be honest and take our masks off and be our real selves. And so you just build up this evidence in your life that everyone's going to be mean. Mean girls are going to exist. I can't trust anyone. Why do you think so many people on TikTok are lonely and want friends? It's not because there aren't friends of bounty or other people that are lonely. It's because they don't have people that they can trust because they have all of this evidence that there is no one to trust. And so if you actually want to make friends, you have to keep taking chances. Victoria took a chance by asking me a question that people were usually mean to her about. She took a chance on herself and she had a secure friendship where she could trust someone and that is a shift that's different it's giving her new evidence but it had to come from a place where she felt safe and she felt secure and she was going to feel heard 
And I love that you said grow together because I always hear people online saying, um, grow together, join my mastermind, join my community. We're a group of people who are going to grow together. And nobody talks about what that means. I've been in so many masterminds. Nobody is growing together. Nobody is helping each other. Everybody has a mask up. We're telling each other like a quarter of our problems so we don't feel embarrassed, but we get like just enough help to get by. And we don't do that. Like we grow together because we have our masks off and there's no mean girl mentality. We are dismantling that. And everyone wants to know how do I find friends and how do I find friends that aren't mean? Every single person who's coming into the friendship has to have the same intention of we're going to be vulnerable and we're going to be honest. And that's how you heal sisterhood wounds or these mean girl mentalities that we've been like kind of fed is by exposing ourselves without judgment around people who also are doing the same thing. And to what you said is I think not all vulnerable moments might look vulnerable at the face of them so it's like me asking ashley for help on writing that doesn't necessarily inherently mean like or look like a vulnerable moment yeah because she might not know she didn't know going into that like how many times people have laughed at me yeah. and asking about writing like she doesn't know all of that stuff but she went in and was like okay no this actually isn't this but here let's work on this together like here's some strategies like let's do this and knowing that the vulnerable moments that might appear in your life, and I know that like we all have these of a time when we're asking for help where we don't feel like it is vulnerable, but it actually is and it runs deeper, is that's why we need to always just be open and not necessarily like going off on people that fast. Because it's like in a mastermind, we can like ask for help on that storytelling and be like, oh, just like do this, like just go. That's not like a real problem, right? And we dismiss each other's problems so easily well, we don't know necessarily the real issues and the real deep things that are going off of those. Ashley didn't know all of that, but she's like, oh, I'm here to help. Let's try and work on this. Like there's some of this stuff. And now I have tools to go forward where if she had just started right off and be like, no, that's stupid. That's not a real issue. This is just stupid. Like go home, write it again. Then I wouldn't have been able to have that space and I wouldn't be able to grow. Yeah, yeah. And, and so vulnerable moments don't just look like hey, I'm having a hard time. Yeah. That is a vulnerable moment, but that's what we're taught kind of as the only vulnerable moments. Yeah, I would argue that most vulnerable moments are only going to feel vulnerable to you and not to the other people. Obviously, yes, there are other times where it's going to be like extremely vulnerable and the other person's going to know that you're telling something that's a big deal. But yeah, a lot of times people are not going to be aware of what is sensitive to you because we haven't lived your life. You know, we talk about all these core wounds that we have or people being mean. Um, even like if you listen back to some of our friendship episodes, I've said many times I did not want to be Victoria's friend because she was going to move away. And I was like, why the fuck would I be friends with someone who's not going to be here? I've done that before. Someone who's moved around like through elementary school and middle school. I had many different schools when I grew up. I went to college. I moved away from college. I've always like drastically cut off friendships when I moved. So like that's vulnerable for me to even take a chance on a friend. But she might not know that. She might not. She, I mean, literally she didn't. You wouldn't know that whole history about me. But I remember making the bed one night and be like, I'm so fucking pissed. Me and Victoria have been going all these walks and I want to be your friend. But what's the point of being your friend if she's going to move to another state? This is so dumb, right? Like, And so even just the act of being her friend was extremely vulnerable vulnerable for me I even told her yesterday when we were talking about how we've grown a secure friendship probably like the very first one in our lives it was like I felt like I was like dipping my toe in the water I was never fully committed for a while because I'm like I don't know how much do I want to tell this person who's gonna move away 
Yay! Kind of thing. When do you feel like you finally committed? I think I finally committed whenever we started talking about all our problems in business. And we so. were like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I can be my real self now. Because I think like, I was being my real self. And obviously we talked about deep stuff. But like, I think like I, the deep stuff that we talked about. It was about, so surface level. It didn't feel it vulnerable so to level. me. Like, you know, and we had been hiking all summer together, going on walks all summer together, like three months. And it really wasn't until August when we were cycling and we were both like, how are we going to make more money? And I was like, I've never admitted to a single human that I have no idea how I'm going to continue to scale this business. I had been other than like maybe coaches or whatever that I was like at a glass ceiling. And like, I feel like you were the very first person besides maybe Adrian that I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do next. I feel really stuck. And that's vulnerable for me. And you might not know that that was vulnerable, but I feel like that was a time where I was like, all right, well, I just told her the truth about how I feel. So we're committed to this. <laughs> and it's funny because it's like, I, I was the one that kind of started that vulnerability of like, I'm so fucking frustrated. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I want to work less. This isn't going to work out for me. I don't know. And that opened up to her being able to have that vulnerable to moment. Like, huh, but me too. <laughs> all summer... And even then the months before that is we had masks on, which goes to our third one. And mm. we put in our tool to portray all of these masks that like, oh, we are being vulnerable and everything. Like we were sharing small issues inside of our business. Yeah, like, oh, this client like, did that. I, this post didn't do that. I'm annoyed about this. Or like, oh, I need to fix this in my contract. Oh, I have this. I can help you out. Like you can, I'll send you my contract. You can write that clause or whatever because of that issue. And those were very surface level problems because we weren't ready to admit to each other out loud the deeper issues. So true. Yeah. And we and Victoria talked about this where, you know, you have your professional self and that's kind of the person that you present online and the people that you don't know. And then you have like this trustworthy mask where it's like, I'm kind of being honest about problems. I'm not presenting myself as perfect, but these are the real problems. And that was us all summer where we're like, oh, this bad thing happened. It's like, oh, bad things happen to me too. But it's like way deeper than just that one little bad thing. And I will argue that most masterminds are that mask where most people who are getting support in their businesses or maybe even in like coaching, like life coaching communities, it's that trustworthy mask where you can tell just enough about the bad things, but not actually get to the root of the bad thing, which is really dumb because the root of the bad thing is how you make change. And then beyond that trustworthy mask, you have your shadow, which is the reason why you feel shame around the thing and then your true self. So like I wanted to all along just be like, I hate my business. I can't keep working like this. I'm mad about these clients and this offer and this post because I don't fucking like any of these things anymore. I don't like how I'm running things. But I felt shame and shadow around the fact that I wasn't perfect and I didn't have it all together. And when Victoria met me, she thought I had it all together. So I just wanted to keep being that person because if I don't have it all together, who the fuck am I? And that was my true self, who I didn't know. I didn't know my true self. So who am I if I don't have it all together? That's fucking scary. And so we have all these masks up and we can't have friends and we can't have the real business that we want because we don't even know who the fuck we are behind the mask. Right? Like I was thinking for so long of like, Ashley is just like, she's doing it so much better. She has it all together. Like She's dealing with Max, the puppy. She's showing up online. She's doing all of these things. She's saying how much money she's making. And I'm just like, I'm just struggling to like get up and like shower today. Like yeah. I'm struggling to do that. And like even hiking in the summer is like I was sharing like some problems and it it felt to me like Ashley wasn't sharing as many 
And it's because I think you didn't have as many surface level problems in your business at that point because they were all deeper and you were like so fucking done with it, but you weren't fully there to invest and admit that and understand what would come next. And I was like, damn, like she's just like, fine. Like, well, it's just me. Like, fuck. And I felt alone in that. Yeah, because I was like, if I tell her, and I was all, like, am I complaining too much? Am I being negative? Like, is she? Uh, is she does she not like that? Like, is she gonna be annoyed by that? These are literal thoughts that I had, right? And, and but no. it's because we had masks up, and we weren't ever talking about the real shit. Yeah, we were versus talking- a few months later, we're both doing TBM, we're both doing deep ass fucking trial work, and we're like, oh my god, I just got this deep one. You want to talk about it? This just unlocked a new memory, and you're like. <laughs> Hit me with it. What is it? Oh, yeah. I want to hear all about your trauma. Yeah. Tell me all about it. And no, you're right. Like, I was totally not telling you any problems because I didn't have surface level problems or it was like, oh, this client made me mad, yada, yada. It was like, if I unlock this thing that I have not told any of my friends, just maybe, maybe not even Adrian yet. If I unlock this, I can't, I can't lock it back. It's like a one and done kind of lock situation. And so, like, I had, I felt like I had to have a mask up until I felt safe enough to unlock that. And the sad thing is, because of the mean girls and because of the mask, like, we do not have safe spaces, genuine safe spaces, where we can be vulnerable. And the hard thing is, it starts with one person being vulnerable first. And like you said, you were vulnerable first. So I was like, unlock the door, release the demons. And I could do that because you gave me permission to do that. And we don't have places where we can do that. And, and it's sad. We don't. And, you know, it's not necessarily right to do that in an open space where, like, online, I'm saying, is, like, you, we don't have to go and be like, so I actually have, you don't have to go, like, find your deepest and darkest shameful repressed trauma and then go tell the internet the, the next internet thing. Is not like, your it's friend. okay. You can process that and everything. Go process it and then you can share it. But it's, you should have people that you can process it with, whether that be like, obviously, I process a lot of it with a therapist, but then I'm like, oh, my God, I process this in therapy. Like, actually, let me tell you all about this. I had no idea because like one, it could be helpful. I, I love the thing of like um, people saying trickle down therapy, <laughs> using that economics. I'm like, I pay for therapy because I have a job, but my friends don't have a job so that they get my trickles out there. I'm dead. <laughs> Um, but it's like, right. So I've learned some things and everything that we come back and we share and like we grow together based off of that stuff. And, you know, something that I might have learned my in words that I don't even realize I'm saying then might have triggered something in Ashley's brain. She might go deal with it and then come back two weeks later and be like, so something you said about that. And then I did this and this and this and this. And it's we need to have a place where we can have those conversations. Yet we don't. And we don't allow ourselves to open and take off that mask. And it keeps us stuck. And the post that kind of thought us thinking of this and thinking about sisterhood wounds is we saw somewhere where I saw a post that somebody was talking about why men are so rich is because they have boys clubs and they can they just get on the phone she's talking about like her boyfriend or fiance or something and with the, another guy in the group and he's just straight to the point talking about profit and losses and just getting into the deep stuff there's no shame around it mm-hmm. but the comments of that video we're like, I have tried this with females, but like they're not into it or they get what they want and then they run with it and go do other things. And that's kind of like that mean girl approach that comes in. But it's also taught that like we're not able to stay and work together and grow together and do that because we don't ever take off that next level mass to get to that shadow. 
and that we don't have places where we can be that vulnerable and have that help because the thing well i mean that's kind of like the patriarchy where like men can't have feelings and everything and so like that's another topic for another day and world and everything where like we all collectively need to have these places where we can take off that mask and do that but there's like a half layer in between of that where women need to be able to have places to do that and especially business owners and everything because when we were able to do that we were able to fix the real problems that kept holding us back and until that happened I have no idea how long it would have taken or if I would have ever done it because I was terrified to do that and it's terrifying to do that by yourself yeah and it's not just that we need and you don't have to do it by yourself because we don't need to be hyper individualized yeah and that's what I was gonna say is like we don't just need places where we can take off our mask and get to the root of our issue because I can do that by myself. I do that by myself all the time with TVM. Like you said, I go in, I do meditations, I go into my childhood, I reprogram shit. I do that by myself all the time. I need and I don't just need to go tell that to Victoria. We need communities. We need groups of people to share insights with, to get to the root of our problems with, to relate to, not just for the fact that they can help us and add new perspective, but because we need to not feel like we are the only people going through the shit we're going through. And that's what happens right now, because I even think about these masterminds that exist and these communities that exist that are supposed to support you through your problems. If no, if, if the people running it do not set the intention that we're removing masks and tell you how to do that and show you how to do that, then what the fuck is it for? Because we're all going in with fake problems. And that is in every mastermind I've been in. It's like people are telling you fake problems and they're doing what that girl said in that post where they're like, oh, that's how they solved their problem. I'm taking it and I'm running it and I'm using it to better me and I'm not going to do anything to better them because I don't actually know them. I don't actually give a fuck about them. I don't actually know their deep problems. And I think that's what's cool about like the Living Adventures Collective is we have been through this experience. We know how to remove the mask. We know that you have to lead with vulnerability. We can show what that looks like. And so not only are people who joining a, who join the collective like, getting this deep experience to connect and care with people deeply and not feel alone but they're doing it for six months and then they're coming together in person at the end like that's crazy like these things don't exist for people in in life right now and it's so necessary like you said because we're never going to get to the root of the problem we're never going to change unless we feel supported truly supported like people give a shit about us and no one's creating spaces for people to give a shit about us and we have been put against this in history time and time again from creating these spaces like in the 1400s women weren't allowed to meet in circles anymore because it was too powerful and everything because these things do work and they are healing and they are helpful but they've been banned for so long and we're so hyper individualized that like we feel so uncomfortable doing this these days we feel uncomfortable sharing and talking about that because we were told for so long like no, just suck it up, like cry at home alone and then like go put on that mask again and show that like you can show that you have some problems like, oh, like my dog died too. Like I've I've been through some things too. Like those are just like little nuggets you're pushing along to make you feel it's like you're on the helper high of like level four of the entrepreneur evolution where you're getting your ego validated by showing up and showing these like, A little bit of oh, I have problems too. Like I'm suffering too. Like don't worry I like kind of get it and everything but you're never addressing like the real issues in the deeper wound that's happening because we're just told that that happens alone and then that's it like you just heal that alone and then you're good like don't talk about it 
Yeah, it even well, it makes me think of like the 1960s Stepford Housewives where you had to be the perfect housewife. You couldn't have any problems. Don't let your makeup smudge. Have your hair done perfect. Don't tell anybody about what's going on at home, how you're feeling. You're always happy. You're always perfect. And like that was literally a time in society that existed where, you know, if someone had a, a pimple, they're like, you're really going to go out like that. That's embarrassing. That's disgusting, right? Like women were tearing each other down in this way because we had to be perfect, which means we can't relate to each other. And so now we've tried to shift out of that by showing these little tiny problems. But you're right. And they're not the real problems. They don't foster true connection. And as much as the online space is cool for connecting you to people like you, those are not real connections. The people you meet online, unless you're meeting offline off of social media, they're not your real friends. They do not care about the tiny problems that you're showing. They can validate your ego and the fact that you're not alone in your problems for so long. You know, I think of the girl who like is lonely and every Friday night she shows how lonely she is. Yes, good job. She's getting her ego validated because people in the comments are like, oh my God, I'm lonely too. Now fucking what, guys? Good job. You're all lonely. What the fuck are you going to do about it? You know? And it's like, I get that they don't actually have anything to do about it because these spaces to congregate and talk about the real issue of why we're so fucking lonely doesn't exist. But it's time for that space to be created, which is, I think is what we're trying to do. But like there needs to be more. There needs to be more and there needs to be like, uh, and there will be, I do feel in the next coming years, it will be growing in those spaces. I do believe communities are going to become a lot bigger and come offline as well as people do want that and miss that but it's also in the sense of so you know I sometimes have a lot of issues with the word like relatable right and so it's like what's the actress in White Lotus and at the Emmys or Oscars or whatever oh, fucking Aubrey, awards whatever. ceremony that was going and they were like oh like what are you or what after party you're going to she's like honestly I'm gonna go home like I'm tired it's midnight oh, okay, like, no, Aubrey, the other one, yeah. I want to go take a bath right and like everyone's like oh my god so relatable like yeah right like we're not all necessarily relatable like you're not at the oscars saying that but it's like yeah you know like i don't want to stay out late like i am tired i want to go home and like i should be able to do that i don't have to party and like that's okay but you know some people would be like that's not relatable i want to go party like i love that but we think relatability needs to be like one for one and like having that same experience where in the vulnerable space of being relatable is like ashley and i don't have to even have the same core wounds to be relatable but it's dealing with the same issues. Sometimes they come up in like similar ways of like, oh, maybe we're both having issues with our mothers and like our core wounds around it might be different, but we can get together and work on it together because we both know how deep it can impact our lives. Yeah. And so it's relatability on just hardship and struggles and life and wanting to live a better life and enjoyable on both fronts. And so you are here to listen to whatever it is and understand like what is helpful for them. Like when I was depressed around my birthday, Ashley goes like, hey, it's going to be sunny the next day after you get home. Do you want to go hiking or will you not have energy for that? Right. Knowing that like, oh, I might not have energy after a long car ride because I really struggle in those. But also it is sunny and I know you like hiking and we can go do that. And that might be helpful for your mental health. And it was. But having options actually presented to me that I want and like and somebody understands that she understands things that are needed in my life that also I might not have energy for that and though it's in her best trying to do that whereas when I was growing up if something hard happened 
my mom pushed food down my throat because my mom has an eating disorder. She binge eats. And so she's trying to push her own issues upon mine instead of being able to be vulnerable and hold space for the moment that's happening inside of my life. Yeah. And like you, it's sad that people don't have spaces where people truly learn about them in a way to know how to help them, to know how to hear them, to know how to hold space for them. And that is going to continue to be a reason why people stay stuck if they can't get to a place where they don't feel alone and they don't have people that solve their problems in a way that matches solutions that work for them. Even think about like business masterminds. You know, they're like, oh, you're not making sales. Okay, well, do this strategy and that strategy and that strategy. And they're pushing the cupcake down them because that's the cupcake that they would eat whenever they weren't making sales. But that's not the cupcake that they need. Maybe they need a hike and that hike looks like a different way of selling or not selling that thing or whatever. And so like in every situation, we're just given solutions that don't work for us because people don't actually care about us and they can't relate to us because they're not taking off their mask either. Your mom didn't take her mask off when she was asking you if you wanted a cake when you were sad, you know? And so if you can't find people to lead you or guide you that have their masks off and true masks off, if you can't find groups of people who are removing their masks, you're never going to get solutions that actually shift your identity in your life. Yeah. Which leads us deep. So the next point is that, or the next thing that keeps us from having it all is that it's lonely at the top or that's what people tell us. And the reason it's told to us that it's lonely at the top is for all of the things that we've mentioned. There's not a lot of room at the top for everybody. So there can't be a lot of people at the top. You can't be related to at the top. Uh, People are going to be mean to you if you make it at the top, which is just a bunch of bullshit to keep you from having friends and success and love and family and all those things that you want. Right. And it's a continuation of the mean girls of thinking like, oh, you're not going to have that many friends at the top. Oh, there's not that much room at the top. But also that like when you get to the top like your other friends aren't going to be able to relate to you and you're not going to be able to like have those conversations and have those communication with them so you're just going to lose all of your friends because they're not going to have things in common with you anymore because you're going to always be working and if you're at the top said top then you're always going to be working and doing all these things just kind of like the male version of like oh he works all day and then comes home and just like does nothing um which it's not true right that's made up and you're made to believe that and you're made to force yourself to like make up these problems and work and do more things to fill that time because like if you're not then like why do you have this extra time and everything and it goes back to what we were kind of talking in the beginning where like we are just told that to feel lonely and also to not go there not even try because then it's like well I don't want to be lonely right or would I rather have money and be lonely when that's not really like the two things you actually have to choose from. Yeah, and it's a valid experience because, I mean, I have made, like, whenever I've been, I don't know, like, I've experienced that. When I'm successful, I feel like I have less people I can talk to, less people to relate to. I even think about my um, experience with you over the summer that we talked about. I was super successful, so I was like, I'm not going to tell her about my problems. If I'm perceived as, like, successful, like, I don't want to hurt my reputation or whatever or how I'm being perceived. So even if you do have friends that you hang out with, you could be really successful and have friends that you hang out with and you don't want them to know that you're not successful. You don't want them to question you or judge you or whatever because of the sisterhood wounds and because we're afraid people are going to be mean girls and judge us. 
But I even know the most wealthy people who have desperately told me that they wish they had friendship, but they don't know where to find it because they also feel like everything becomes a transaction and they have to set that boundary of like, well, I can't give this person advice. I'm going to have to charge for that because I usually charge for that kind of thing or I can't have a friend because they're my client now or we make all these rules for why we can't have friendship and we isolate ourselves. We do it to ourselves. And it's like, one, if you remove the mask, your real friends might actually support you and be okay that you can be successful and also sad. They might support you. But two, why, why not find people who are like you, who are also successful? If they exist, you're not the only person who made it to the top. You're not the only person who's wealthy. You're not the only person with millions of followers. Like these other people exist. The problem is it's very hard to find people who have made it to that level and are also willing to remove their mask with you so you can be vulnerable and support each other. Right, because I think um, we think that we had this conversation earlier on, um, which when I got into Ashley's program, uh, we had a conversation and I was like, hey, like, I don't want to like abuse you for advice. We were literally driving to Target and like going together because we were kind of friends then. And I was like, I don't want to like ask you too many things because we were talking about it. And Ashley was asking me questions about my business. And I was like, I don't want to like abuse this or anything. And we had a conversation about like, yeah, like, like we'll keep it open. We don't know what the boundaries necessarily going to be. Right. Because it's a very weird situation to guide from. And we're, it's so weird that we often just shy away from it because it is money waters. You can ruin relationships like that. And that happens. We're told that. And so, you know, we're told like, oh, well, if you know, if you do it alone, then that won't hold you back or anything. Right is I think of Barbara, the girl on sh woman on Shark Tank. I forget her whole name right now. Cochran, But yeah. she was like, you know, my boyfriend broke up with me and told me that I wouldn't make it without him in the business. They had a business together. But then I took all of the money, ran with it, and then built it even bigger than he could have imagined, right? And so we're told all of these like individualistic success stories that we can't do it together with people or, you know, when you try and do it with other people, it ruins and everything. And not necessarily have to do it with other people, like, together in the same business. But, like, even if you do that, like, no, you have to do it alone. Like, you cannot do it with other people by your side. Also, yeah. And people are lying that they didn't get support or help. But the better story is I did this and I built this and I'm self-made and I did it myself. The good story isn't oh, I did this and I talked to this person along the way and they gave me this really good advice and that changed a lot of things. And then this person came along and that was really helpful. Like, no, that's a boring ass story. So we don't hear that story. But if I think about really successful men, you don't think they're fucking giving each other advice. You don't think that when they're, they're golfing- They're getting the fucking performance coaches. They're paying millions they're, they're for paying them, millions whether for, they're good or not. Yeah. And they're, well, even when they're hanging out for free, they're fucking going golfing. You don't think they're talking about their business problems and telling each other their problems and fixing it. No, they're fucking fixing each other's problems. And so it's a lie that it's lonely at the top. It's just you are lonely right now in the success that you've built because you don't have a network of people who are willing to be honest and vulnerable with you. That's the real fucking problem. And I know that because that was my fucking problem. It was my own fault because I did. I wasn't being vulnerable with people. I wasn't looking for communities where people were like being honest. So, of course, I was living in the narrative that I had to do it alone. Well, that also goes into like the second thing of kind of the patriarchy, but like also men aren't taught to have feelings, right? Is like those emotions are bad. Women are more emotional. That's why they can't succeed in business and everything where one, that's not necessarily true. Like men need to deal with their emotions and they just, they don't mm -hmm. statistically. 
And yes, we are, people are breaking that and everything. And that is great. But is inside of those like voice clubs things is they're not talking about their emotions. They're just talking about business 24 seven. And so even that is not even giving them a whole place to be seen as that. And so it's like, okay, they're giving each other business and everything, but they still might be lonely, like not physically. They might have numbers and people to help them, but like around their emotions and their struggles and things like that, like they are still going to be lonely. They're told like, oh, just hustle and grind through it. Just get through it just like us, but in a slightly different way. And they might have help along the way that like pushes them up higher and gives them information. Their emotional well-being will suffer. True. And be lonely. Yeah. Which I guess should lead us into solutions because obviously we want to have it all, right? I want to have amazing friends and a healthy relationship with my emotions and whatever kind of family I want to have in the house and the car and the yada, yada, yada. Like I want to have everything that I've ever wanted. So how are we supposed to do that when like these are all the things up against, that we're up against? And I think we've mentioned a lot of great things, which is, you know, find, first, yeah, you have to remove your own mask, but you have to find a place where you feel safe doing that and people you feel safe doing that with. That doesn't just happen online. That shouldn't happen online. Uh, that shouldn't happen online. You should find people that you feel comfortable doing that around and not just people like communities that can support you and care about you, not just as a business, not just for your emotions, but for you like as a whole individual who's experiencing the world in many different facets and ways. Right, because, you know, we see the advice online in hustle culture of, oh, you, you don't want to be the poorest one in the room. You should always, or you, yeah, no, always you don't want to be the richest one in the room. You want to be the poorer one so you're around the rich people. But it's like, okay, but you also want to be around places to have that emotion and so finding those places and starting to create those spaces is really important and even if you're not ready for that is learning to get more comfortable with having emotions and being vulnerable in any relationship in your life because it's not just even inside of business or whatever because we want to be able to have these better relationships throughout our life yeah and so even with family and friends and home life and to be able to work on that vulnerability so that, one, it might come to you more naturally when you get into that space. But we want to be able to just work on that throughout our life because we all deserve that. We all deserve that safe feeling that comes with it and the secure relationships that we so desperately crave, yet the world prevents against and promotes against it. Yeah, the world wants us to be individuals, but we do deserve to be in relationships that pe where people care about us. And it really comes back to this idea that we have to get back to our whole authentic versions of ourselves, even the shadowy parts, even the parts that we're shameful for. And until we can find a way to do that, it's going to be hard for us to feel completely fulfilled and find a true path to success that works for us until we have people who can back us up and make us not feel so alone. Yeah. And so until we can do that, we will be stuck in the capitalistic hellscape. Uh -huh. Because helpful. <laughs> Great. <laughs> vulnerability helps us have those conversations so that we can see each other for more than just some random surface level masked identities that we create to have our ego met. Yeah. No, it's true. And like the root issue really comes back to how individualized and alone we all are because we're putting up that mask to not look dumb or be embarrassed or be judged 
But at the same time, we're desperately craving connection. And what people don't realize, because I didn't realize this, you know, I was thinking about how we have our Living Adventures Collective. And we have so many things that are going to transform people's lives inside of the collective and not just make them better business owners, but better people, better friends, better what everything. I didn't even know I needed half the things that we're giving to people in the Living Adventures Collective. I had no idea that if I had a friend that I could 100 be myself around, how much my life would change. That if I had some place where I could be honest about the things that I was struggling with and not like in the mask way, like, oh, this client made me mad, but like deep, deep stuff. Like, oh, I do not live the life I want to live. I want to ra- run away from my life. I want to run away from my business. I hate how I'm doing everything. I had no idea how much a friend could shift me out of that. Even if you never provided a solution and all I got to do is voice that and say, have someone say, hey, you're not alone. I've been there and I am there. I didn't know that. And so that's something I think about a lot is, unfortunately, there are so many things around this that we don't even know that we need, but it does all start. If you can just start with being vulnerable, it'll change your life. If you can find people where you can be honest about how you're really feeling, it'll change your life. Because that was step one for us. And then the rest of like the whole process unraveled as we went. And it's just like, I didn't know that I needed that. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't know how much of a release that could bring but also how much confidence that could bring and how freeing it is like it generally feels like a weight is lifted off your shoulders in this way that i i it's hard to explain it's different than that because it feels like i could actually finally talk about things that i thought i had to just keep inside of me for so long because that's what i was told and i actually being able to have those conversations was life-changing yeah and you're so right. like as simple as it seems yeah it, it is life-changing I'm, I'm i am a different person than six months ago it's literally seven months ago it's insane and i i'd love that you say it made you confident because it made me so confident and it was because like we've said in other episodes like i could borrow your confidence on days i didn't have it you could borrow my confidence on days that you didn't have it and that makes us feel less alone there's so many reasons why we feel lonely and the thing to combat it is yes partly knowing that there's other people going through the same things that you're going through but it's also knowing that there's someone there for you to be strong when you don't know if you can be strong and so if we think about like the living adventures collective nine people together to one person is going to be strong at all times in a group of nine people and i mean obviously us we're going to be strong because we've been through the process but like imagine the benefit of having nine people who all have been through the experience you're going through who are all being vulnerable who have confidence on days when you don't have confidence because they believe in you because they see you because they see your potential on days that you can't see it that's the shit that changes lives we know because it changes it changed our life but that shit doesn't exist right now because we're told we can't have it all and we can't be vulnerable and we can't show these sides of ourselves and that's what's missing for most people to really shift into who they want to be and have all the things they want to have and it's not just borrowing confidence either it's that when you are able to bring out your shadow and bring light to that is you're not hiding as much and you're not having all those thoughts of like no i can't do that because then that will happen and this will happen and everything you're able to like ask these questions and have those conversations and figure out what you can do with what makes you feel safe and when you give light to your shadow you are healing a part of yourself that does gain a new sense of confidence like nothing else that's so true because that shadow is what holds us back 
Yeah, it is. I even think about like, let's say you're going to get a new opportunity that you've never gotten before. And deep down, you're thinking, I'm going to mess this up because I always mess everything up. That's a shadow. You're not going to go tell people that you're a fuck up and you mess things up. Why would we ever tell anyone that? But the minute you tell a group of people that you feel safe with, hey, I have this cool opportunity and I'm worried I'm going to mess it up because I've been known to mess it up. You get to process that. You get to bring light to that. You get to own that part of yourself and be like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm not perfect. Oh, Victoria's messed things up before. Okay, cool. And she and it worked out. Okay, okay. I'm getting proof that I can mess up and I'm, I'm allowed to be a mess up. And other people have messed up before. And not only do you do you bring light to it. But you bring confidence to it because you get proof from other people that you're okay that you're that way. Your shadow is okay because other people have that shadow. We're all the same here. We're all successful. And that that's how you can have it all is, is bringing gold to the shadow. You make your shadow yeah. into gold. Bring the shadow into gold. Yep. Booyah. Bring it to the light. Yeah. Well, I think that's it, everybody. That's how you're going to go have what you want. Go find some friends. <laughs> go find some friends. <laughs> Stop being a mean girl. Stop thinking girls are mean. Just kidding. I don't know about all that. I will say I don't know the exact solution for most people in this because it's hard. But um, I will say if you want to join the Living Adventures Collective, we're going to do this. I can't say what other people are going to do in their communities. But I know for a fact that everyone inside Living Adventures Collective is going to do all this stuff. So if you're at the top and you're lonely and you wish you had friends, but you think everyone's mean and we're creating a group of girls who are not mean or not even girls, just non-men, non, non-cis men group of people um, who are not mean and support you and don't judge you and bring gold to their own shadows so they can have whatever the fuck life they want and make friends and hang out and go on vacation together. Yeah. Vibes. You said it well. And we still. Um, so you can join the LAC using the link in our description if you want friends and you're tired of being lonely at the top. Other than that, that's it for us. Go follow us on Instagram and TikTok and like and subscribe. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.